0: RBL Weekly is back on the air, and we are back with great battles from all over the Global Roast Battle League. I am the RBL Commissioner, Pat Barker. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the lovely and talented Sarah Keller. Sarah, how's it going? I'm
1: great. I'm just living the dream, man. Me
0: too. Me too. Can you imagine a world where we get to sit around and watch people insult each other from all over the world and, and break it down? It doesn't get much better in that.
1: It does not get much better. I, like... This I'm such a nerd for roast battle, so I love this so much.
0: <laughs> we, yeah, we were we were talking before the show, like, do you think people, like, fast forward through our analysis or do you think that they're nerds like us? And I'd like to think that you guys are nerds. I'd like to think that this show has a little bit of something for everybody. If you enjoy watching the battles, we have those. If you enjoy watching the breakdowns, we have those. Uh, and if you're into both, even better. You're our favorite people. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, we are back with... Five incredible battles this week from all over the USA uh, and beyond. And I want to start, before we get into this, I want to set the tables a little bit because this is something we've kind of been alluding to. We showed a couple graphics, but every episode now, we are going to be breaking down the -the up-to-the-minute standings. Uh, the rankings of the cities, and it has pretty much been neck and neck between a few different cities. And at this point, literally, we come into today with a three-way tie atop the leaderboard. New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago all tied with 24 points. Uh, You get five points for a first-place battle, four points for second, and then so on down the line. And uh, we are now reaching, I think this is episode 10 or 11, and uh, these three cities are, are neck and neck. We talked about it a little bit last time. Um, you don't know who's ranked where for this episode. Um, do you have any uh, any predictions as to who's going to pull into first place today? Oh, man. oh,
1: You're so good at putting me on the spot and
0: making me think real quick. Uh, Just pick one of the three.
1: I'm going to go with Chicago.
0: Chicago. Uh, We will see. I mean, Chicago has been obviously doing great the entire time. They had a big event recently uh, that was actually attended by none other than the Roastmaster General himself, Jeff Ross. He was in town uh, as a longtime Battle fan. It was really cool to see Chicago. Have an event uh, that was hosted that was uh, judged by not only Jeff but two former. Uh, f- number one, a former LA champion in Leah Kajanian, who we saw one of her battles last time, and then Keith Carey, obviously uh, a roast battle legend. They were both. Leah lives out there. Keith happened to be in town. I mean, what a, what an all star event for them, and they, they said it was incredible.
1: I can't imagine how cool that would have been to see. Like yeah. we we're spoiled by it. But in a different city, like that, had to have been so cool.
0: I was just gonna say that, like living in LA, like we're used to people just sort of like popping in because they happen to live out here. But in Chicago, you don't get nearly as much of that. So shout out to them. It was a, a great event. Uh, very exciting for them to be able to uh, to have those guys in the house. No Leave because it in.
1: You just got interrupted by Leave Neoki's it in. Pussy.
0: Neoki's Pussy. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That is the cue. When we have a new thing here in the studio, whenever I'm rambling too much, uh, a voice comes on over the loudspeakers and says, Neoki's He's Pussy. pussy. <laughs> that is my cue to keep it moving. So we will keep it moving right now. And the first battle, uh, the number five battle this week comes to us from the Bay Area, uh, and it features... Neoki's Neoki's Pussy, Pussy. uh, which is connected to a woman named Neoki, uh, (laughs) who is in this battle going up against a guy named Robert Hudson. This is the first time on the show from either of them. This is from our friends in the Bay Area. I believe this took place at the Sacramento uh, Punchline, and uh, I got to check this one out. I know this is your first time seeing it. I I enjoyed this one. Spoiler alert, there will be a joke about Neoki's Pussy. Let's check it out.
2: Neoki's Pussy is so big. (laughs) (laughs) Gnocchi's pussy is so big that you get your name on uh, the wall with a picture if you can finish eating it in one sitting (laughs) This man has never finished eating a pussy in his life
3: (laughs) (laughs) Robert is so skinny skinny.
4: skinny. skinny. With
3: his lifeless two-dimensional flat-screen looking ass if If he stands in a living room a method will try to break in and
4: steal
2: him you put a lot of adjectives in your jokes that that is a hidden talent um, and it should stay hidden uh, uh, when you look at gnocchi's arms and her body in general you might think wow that's abnormally hairy
4: uh, but,
2: But it's- it's not her, alright? It's- it's not her fault, alright? There's- there's just a full moon.
4: Uh, Robert, I feel bad making fun of you
2: because you don't even look like an adult. You look like a baby that got stretched in a Willy Wonka factory. (laughs) If you put on bright clothes and start waving frantically, people will just assume you're there to advertise a car dealership. Wow, your future husband is really gonna love that mouth. Um, yeah, Niochi looks like the girl in elementary school that would yell at the other kids for touching her underwater animal-themed backpack.
0: That is so specific.
4: specific.
0: Very specific. All right, so we we start off. With- <laughs> God. Damn it! Oh
1: my god, that was so good.
0: Was I was I going long?
1: Yeah, you you're rambling already. Wow,
0: Miyoki's <laughs> pussy. We gotta keep that as a drop. <laughs>
1: oh, hundred like, percent.
0: Legitimately on <laughs> Sorry, on did. this show going forward. This is this is my favorite episode of the show ever. Uh, just absolute chaos. I love it. <laughs> um, next time, my wife. Next time my wife is telling me a story that I feel like I, I'm having a hard time like paying attention to because I don't care, I'm just going to be like, Neoki's pussy and see what happens. Oh my
1: what god, happens. I'm going to do that to Josh when he's rambling.
0: Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> 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 number five battle from the bay. Uh, it was so good. Yeah, let's uh, let's just let's get right into it. Uh, we will save the pussy for for last, uh, which I, I think is a, a good way to go about it. I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite jokes, um, the the one about her being hairy, and then he uh, he actually utilized the stage, the uh, the the mural on the background of uh, the Capitol in Sacramento, and it had a full moon, and uh, the fact that he was able to incorporate that—that's something that I've never seen in in roast battle, uh, and having uh, having participated and watched it a long time. Uh, I've never seen it done quite like that. I thought that that was really cool. I thought overall, Robert had a really solid performance, some off the cuff rebuttals, yeah. different things like that. Um, really good performance. Uh, I enjoyed both of them, but to me, he he had a clear edge in this one.
1: I agree. I thought they had a really good back and forth. Uh, the full moon joke, I, it took me like a beat to get it because I, when he said full moon, I thought he was talking about like a butt.
0: Oh, sure.
1: Uh, and then I was like, oh, werewolf got it. Uh, I'm not firing at all cylinders today. It's quite but, uh,
0: it's quite all right.
1: Uh, I thought they had a really good fun back and forth. Like it almost like their first two jokes were the same theme. They both opened with a audience participation show. Very which, weird. Very weird. Bold choice. Yeah. Um, and then they followed it with a joke about each other's bodies. So I was like, wow, they're like very in sync. Then they 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 diverted and. uh what i thought where they both really shined were in those off the cuff comebacks um Yoki being like you've never finished a woman's pussy yep. in, in your life and then uh robert had the
0: uh i don't know
1: he had he had a couple really good ones
0: yeah i mean uh, one one of his was calling out the length of her first yes, joke yes that's what it was uh when he said you put a lot of adjectives into your jokes that was a perfect way to describe it because that was she didn't need all of those. No. Um, was- and that's that's something we see a lot here on the show. People who are newer to Roast Battle think that adding a lot of words is beneficial. Almost always that is not the case, um, unless there is a distinct reason behind it. But if the joke is he is so... Big and flat, he looks like a flat-screen TV, and he gets stolen by a meth head, which I don't think is a great joke to begin with. Um, but adding all those superfluous uh, kind of describers in the middle didn't it didn't do her any favors.
1: Yeah, it made me forget what she was talking about. So when she finally got to the punchline, I, was, I didn't know what it, uh, it didn't hit with me.
0: I, um, yeah, I, com- I completely agree with that. Um uh, but well, one thing uh, that you commented on when it was happening, um was when he started with Neoki's pussy is so big. she started like wafting. <laughs> yeah, she was like wafting, which I, he didn't say smelly. yeah. um but it was an interesting defensive strategy because you 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 and I both noticed it where it's like, oh okay, she uh, she's playing defense right now. She is wafting her giant pussy. yeah. Um, so I, I respect any effort that, uh, somebody makes to try to, you know, uh, lean, in. yeah, lean yeah. into it. Absolutely. So, uh, good stuff from the Bay Area. Uh, those guys have a, a whole bunch of shows coming up, uh, at all sorts of venues. Let's shift now to number four. We go to England, London specifically with two battlers we've Tell seen you. before. Two of my favorites from London for different reasons. Um, one of them is the co-champion of the league right now. I'm talking about Ken Grinnell, and he is going up against the guy we've seen in the past, Adam Green. This is the number four battle this week. Ken Grinnell versus Adam Green from London. Let's check it out.
2: Well, this is Adam.
3: He, uh, he, uh, he lives in Elephant and Castle. Uh,
5: before he moved there, it was just called Castle. <laughs> Ken is uh, Ken's mum is Irish. Um, there you go. There's one word from the one Irish lady. Uh, Ken's father is Jamaican. Um, even less for that. Um, and Ken is one of nineteen children. I'll let you guess which side that's on. Um, it might surprise
4: you.
5: So uh, yeah, if Adam owed any
3: more money, he'd be considered a third-world country.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: if he wrote better jokes, he'd be considered a second-rate comedian. <laughs> <laughs> um
4: he uh
3: he views paying back debts like exercise. He doesn't do it. <laughs> He
5: puts the fat cunt in. Adam is a fat cunt. So as I said, as I, as I said uh, Ken, Ken's mum is Irish and um, Ken, Ken's dad is Jamaican, which means um, like a load of priests have tried to molest him. But luckily, because he's Jamaican, he could outrun them. We just chose not to. <laughs> so Ken is a member of uh, Generation Z. Have you heard of that? I, I happen, not but uh, the guy who wrote this joke has. Um, so <laughs> Ken, Ken's a member of Gen Z, and they say, actually, on average, people from Gen Z have less sex than every other generation, that, that's not actually true. It's just Ken's part of it, and he brings the average down. <laughs> what about all the priests, mate?
0: That's, uh, <laughs> Okay, so, this battle, there's a lot of places we can go with this. Uh, one thing, I was excited to see Adam again. Um, we've seen Adam in the past, and one mm-hmm. of the things that stuck out about Adam was, he's very cool up there, he's not reading any notes, Um, And that has been a stark contrast to the people he's been going against. We could talk about that. Um, We could talk about, you know, Adam's actual, you know, joke writing and joke selection. Um, There were a few interesting choices in there, a couple I really liked. The Irish and Jamaican, he was able to outrun the priests, but he chose not to. I thought it was a really cool little tag on a classic setup. But I want to talk to you, and I think you would like to talk about this, about Adam fully admitting on stage that at least one of his jokes was just written by somebody else.
1: Yeah, and I couldn't tell if he was just being cheeky or, like, but I fully thought it was real.
0: It was, so there's, look, there's cultural differences and barriers when it comes to Roast Battle. We've seen it in the delivery on stage. We've seen it in the joke types, things like that, the references. Perhaps... In London, it is acceptable to just have other people write your jokes, and that's an open secret and nobody really cares. There are people in LA who I think don't care. There are other people to whom it is of the utmost importance. I would put myself in that category because I do think that this is a joke writing competition. Yep. And at the end of the day, if you're getting up there and delivering somebody else's jokes, what are you even doing? Like Right. That's kind of the whole point of this thing. It's an exercise to see who can write superior jokes about a particular topic. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's different there. Um, But rather than break down sort of the individual jokes, and we'll circle back to that, but what are your thoughts overall on the idea of not only having somebody write your jokes, but just having it be an, an open, accepted thing?
1: I don't think Roast Battle is the place for that. Uh... I think yeah if you're gonna be on tv or whatever like that's a totally different ball game but in this it's supposed to be a joke writing competition it's supposed to be two people like you said I'm gonna reiterate exactly what you said but that's not the spirit of the show it's not about it's not about that like and, and and I think the biggest reason for that is like also this oh man uh Our show is... A lot of the people that are really good at battling have gone on to be writers for TV and things. And uh, most of them have gotten those opportunities from being seen at Roast Battle. Yep. So it's not in a battler's best interest to have someone else write their shows to get those opportunities because then you're going to get in a writer's room and look like a dum-dum. And you don't want that. Like, so you're cheating yourself by not showing who you really are plus you can get better like go up there and fail a couple of times like that's how you get better and I mean for me personally like Roast Battle taught me how to write jokes it taught me how to research jokes it taught me how to do it and now I write on a TV show with Pat Barker you know like it it and I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't learned how to do it from Roast Battle.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. Roast Battle was so important to me to, to understand the keys of writing like successful jokes because I had done stand-up for many years where you're able to stretch your legs and this bit can be four or five minutes long. It can be storytelling. It can meander as long as you have a big punchline at the end. You're, you're okay. You're fine. Yeah. But writing for TV is such a, a completely different beast. And this, what we do at Roast Battle is in line with what you see on television. Any show that you watch and you think, man, that is some sharp writing. Those are the exact same types of writers that excel at roast battle. And you're right. Now, LA is a big fake it till you make it place. And you said, you don't want to get in a room and look like an idiot. There are plenty of people in this city who would love to get in a room and look like an idiot. They think it's a win just to get in the room. So I agree with you, but I think some people just don't view it that same way. The way I look at it, because I'm also, I'm going to take it to another place. I'm a big sports guy and I'm, I'm very competitive too much. So to be honest for roast battle, like, um, I, that's one thing that I've had to like tone down a little bit is how competitive I am. But if I go up there and I'm playing against somebody who is cheating in any field, Whether it be uh, you know poker or chess, we were talking about this earlier before we went on air. Like cheating scandals, baseball. If I'm going up there, if you have vibrating
1: butt beads on stage during roast battle, not acceptable. Google (laughs)
0: Google vibrating butt beads chess. (laughs) It'll it'll come up, but. I, I I know for a fact I lost a battle one time at a really big event against somebody who had a killer last joke against me, and I praised this person afterwards for this joke, and then I found out after the fact it was written by somebody else, and th- that did make me feel some type of way, absolutely. I have no problem losing, but I am up there writing all of my own jokes, and I want the playing field to be even on that, so... Again, maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm, you know, I would love to have people weigh off in the comments and t- tell me what you think. Am, am, are we old old men shouting at clouds right now? Is, that, is it not that big of a deal and we're making it one? I, I don't know.
1: I also think it takes away the personal aspect of Roast Battle and the, like, camaraderie that is built by being like, here's all the really terrible things that have happened in my life. Let's both write jokes about each other and, like, bring light to this. And then on top of that, like... In my experience, the people that have you know been rumored to have other people write jokes for them have never done a good job. Like, it's, <laughs> it's fair. Or if they have, they don't battle that much because I, I think y- you will learn it as invested in the battle when it's not your material.
0: Yeah, I could think of one notable exception <laughs> to that, and we'll talk. We'll talk off air if we have to, uh, but. Uh, no, I think, for I, the think mo- I know who you're talking about. I think for the most part, you're, you're right. I think there are a lot of people who come in and and view Roast Battle as sort of a, a, a means to an end. And they come in and they get what they want out of it and then they leave. Um, and that's fine. But I think those are the people that are more likely to not care about the integrity of sort of the, the joke writing. So, mm-hmm. Just my opinion. Let's get off of that real quick and just uh, sort of talk about the battle. Uh, Ken Grinnell impresses me every time. Um, He's going to be coming stateside for our big event on October 31st at the Comedy Store. He's going to be representing London. Uh, I'm so excited to see him, uh, you know, compete on that stage. Um, Sharp jokes, uh, quick Funny, uh, off the cuff. Uh, he does a little bit of everything, sort of a Swiss army knife out there. And um, he he impressed me again.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, lo- I love me a good fat cunt joke. Uh, that was just, that was so great.
0: Sometimes it's the simplicity yes. of the joke, because I believe that was the third part of a joke that, you know, the first two parts were more involved. And then he just ended with, he puts the fat cunt in this guy is a fat cunt. Which, yep. you know, sometimes it's it's really that simple.
1: And I think you you touched on something there where it was the contrast because he had some really like intricate and uh, and unique and like left turn jokes. And then it was just a very simple, yeah. which almost was a left turn in and of itself yeah. because we weren't in no world did we think he was just going to say the same thing again.
0: Right, right. Because it was a, a third rate country, second rate comedian. It was really yes. well structured. Yes. And then he's just like, oh, by the way, he's a fat gun, which yes. I, you know. Sometimes that is the most obvious punchline is the one that, that works. But he's uh, very versatile. He does a little bit of everything. Adam Green, I'm still uh, a big fan of. Again, this is not necessarily an indictment of, of him. This is a larger conversation about uh, what should and shouldn't be acceptable. And I'm open to the fact that I, I could be wrong about it. But we have our opinions and uh, that kind of, it is what it is. All right, we are going to shift now uh, to right here in Los Angeles. Um, we had a battle. This was actually put together by me. Um, I'm a big fan of both of these guys, and uh, I thought this battle could work despite the fact that they are two of the hardest people to write jokes about. They are two of the most difficult targets to hit, but they are also two of our best joke writers, so I wanted to see what happened if we matched up Toby Mirashanu and Isaac Hirsch, um, two of my favorite joke writers in the scene and two very bland, boring white dudes uh let's see how that turned out
3: No, you know this doesn't look like a very diverse battle but toby is actually a member of the lgbt community if the t stands for translucent also he's gay look at you isaac you look like woody allen squeezed through a tube you look like a professor who had an affair with his lab rat you look like your dick gives paper cuts I I asked Toby if he has any hobbies, and this is 100% true, he said, housing policy. (laughs) Toby wants the city of LA to build as many new homes as possible so he can get back to his real passion, watching paint dry. (laughs) Isaac's actually currently trying to gain 50 pounds for a role as a Holocaust survivor. Toby told me he volunteers for a program called School on Wheels. The school has wheels so it can always be 50 feet away from him. Isaac lost on Who Wants to be a Millionaire. Uh, To be fair, it wasn't his fault, he just didn't have a friend to phone. He did lose on Who Wants to be a Millionaire, but he actually won the grand prize on Who Wants to be a 35-year-old call center worker. (laughs) Toby graduated from an Ivy League school. No, not that one or that one or even that one it, when he graduated from Brown University which is very impressive because every time he saw the name of his school he crossed the street Isaac, Isaac recently quit comedy because uh, he was tired of being overshadowed by the mic stand <laughs> Isaac is so skinny his sperm has to swim single file Toby used to host a podcast called unsafe space but now it's just any room a woman is in with him
0: Classic, classic roast battle, the origins of the show, two, two white guys, just really boring people writing quality jokes.
1: Writing fantastically well-written jokes.
0: I'm biased towards boring white people who write g- really good jokes. That's kind of like, that's that's my thing. It's my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I, you know, I, I really, I really like this. Um, you know, you got to take some creative liberties when you're battling a white dude. You kind of have to call them a school shooter or they're not allowed within X distance of a school. But I thought they found uh, really creative ways to do it. Uh, gaining 50 pounds to play a Holocaust victim so was incredible. The school on wheels was really good. Um, one thing I love about Isaac, and we're going to talk about Toby. Toby, uh, actually in that battle, Toby won in overtime, and he became the fifth battler ever to reach 20 wins, which is a pretty incredible achievement. He's been doing it a long time. Um and we, we saw a battle of Toby's earlier uh, in the RBL Weekly where he did a PowerPoint presentation on stage and he took a big swing. One thing that I love about Isaac is some of his little swings. Like little, like when he, he could have said Toby went to an Ivy League. Toby yes. went to Brown University and he had to cross the street every time he saw the name. Yes. But he added in the, he went to an Ivy League school. No, not that one. Yep. Or that one. Or even that one. That didn't really hit. With the crowd? I, I loved it. I, I love thought, little creative shit like that.
1: I thought that was brilliant. Like, what a great way to milk that joke for every every laugh that it had.
0: And also to somehow roast the guy for going to an Ivy League school. Yes. Like, it wasn't one of the three good ones. Yes. So who cares? I mean, I, yeah. And
1: to me, it made the punchline hit so much harder. Because I, I think I might have seen it coming uh, if... He had just said Toby went to Brown University, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Like I I would have been like, oh, there's gonna be some race joke there. Um where this I was like, okay, I don't know where you're going with this. This is fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I um I it it, it did make the punchline hit harder. It was it acted as a misdirect in yes. a way. I, I didn't even process that, but you're absolutely right. Um yeah, I mean I just uh I really I really enjoy the craftsmanship after all these years of, of a good joke yes. still. Um, and to be able to do it at this high of a level, as they both have done. I've battled both of these guys. They're both nightmares to write for. So I know when I put this battle together, they were both in, independently texting me like, why would you do this to me? <laughs> um, but you know, Because some,
1: they deserve a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> you should have to feel what the rest of us yeah. have been going through uh, all this time. Uh, I also really liked Isaac's joke about, I appreciate anybody who who goes in and like, look, there are things you know can work. You can do school shooter jokes. You could do whatever, whatever. Um, To sit there and be like, I'm going to challenge myself and write a housing policy joke. I really respect that. I feel like when you've been doing it for so long, you have to find a way to challenge yourself to keep it fresh and interesting. And I know that that joke if if Isaac listed all his jokes, he probably left out ones that he knew would work better than that one. But he wanted to challenge himself and make a housing policy joke and I I respect that.
1: Yeah, I think you touched on something that was very unique in this episode uh, battle was it wasn't just one note. Like he talked about Toby being like the housing policy and then his like uh school bus program and then going to like going to Brown and yeah, they all had like traditional Topics, meaning, you know, uh, molestation, racism, like whatever. (laughs) But it was so personal to Toby uh, where a lot of times it's just kind of seems like a cop out. But this felt very, very
0: personal. I think that a lot of times that's the key. If you could take a generic sort of punchline area. But weave it into a really specific setup, Yes, I think that that makes the whole joke fresh. So, um, you know, both of those guys, uh, I I absolutely love both of them. Toby, uh, a former two-time LA champion uh, back before we had the RBL. And Isaac is a guy that, you know, I just wish he would battle more. Yeah, I I really love every time he gets up there. Um, It's always a treat for me. He's been away for a minute, so when he hit me up and he said, hey, I want to come back, Uh, I felt like kind of a a, a dick giving him Toby first thing back, but it's like, I I don't know, I'll get you somebody fat for your next one. Um,
1: I thought it was great. And like, what a way for them both to showcase how incredible joke writers they are. Yeah. Because they are dealing with tough targets and yet still wrote incredible (laughs) jokes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, really solid battle all the way through. Toby took it in overtime. I had the misfortune of having to judge that one, uh, which is unenviable. Um, I always like judging until there's two really good people, and then I'm like, I don't want any parts of this. Yep. Um, Speaking of two really good people, we're going to shift now to Chicago. This is the show we referenced earlier. Jeff Ross on hand. Keith Carey on hand. Leah K. Janian on hand. Grace Leishman, Chicago champion, also judging murderers row on the judges panel. And this is one of the first battles to come out from that event. Uh, This was a really good one between two guys we've never seen on the show before. Uh, So I was excited to see how it played out. This is John Stockwell versus Pat Bullduck. Number two battle. Check it out.
6: Pat looks like in high school, he would get drunk and fight a dad at his own baseball games. (laughs) John, you actually look like the the mascot to a sports team, you really do. I think it's the Philadelphia January Sixers, something like that. That's pretty good. Pat teaches classes at Second City, which is surprising, because I didn't know they offered classes and how to get out of a DUI. Uh, Everybody knows that John is a fun guy. Um, Oh, shit, I think I missed it. No, sorry, John, your nose looks like fungi. That's what I meant to say. I mean, Jesus Christ, I've heard of cauliflower ear, I've never heard of portobello nose. That's amazing. <laughs> John is so autistic that if I showed him a video of five guys running a train on his mom, he would just be excited to see a train. Oh! <laughs> Pat's general look is like the box of popsicles that he's had melting on his kitchen counter for the past week. Kind of sticky, you know?
5: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
6: John, I can tell you that you're Catholic because the entire crowd took a vow of silence. So but, um, uh, um, John is engaged, which is good because back when he was single and he was dating on Tinder, he would hear a lot of nose. Right, girls would be like, "You have a disgusting nose," or "You have a crooked as fuck nose," or "Your face looks like a piece of pizza from Domino's." Or I would rather fuck every old Italian man than you on The Sopranos, shit like that. Daughter, Pat looks like he owns a cookbook exclusively about microwaving hot dogs. <laughs> you, you run a, have a cookbook about how to put them up your ass. But it's not, it's... <laughs> All right. John John went to uh, Penn State University, which is famous for obviously for the Jerry Sandusky, like horrific pedophilia scandal, but. Uh, John was a good student. He was, his major was software engineering and his minor was a little kid named Timmy. So,
0: so that was, uh, that was a great battle. First time we've seen both of these guys. Um, I was really impressed. Let me just say, first of all, how funny it is that like, I love Pat. I loved his jokes. I thought he had some of the most clever jokes I've heard in a minute. Um, he also, it was like a buffet because he had a little bit of everything. He had some of the best jokes I've heard and then some jokes I've heard a dozen times already. And then it, randomly in the middle, he was like, you shove hot dogs <laughs> up your ass, like just off the cuff. Like he was it, all over the place. It but was a the, the highs were very, very high. I like both of them. But to me, Pat took that one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they both did a great job, but like that was very clearly tipped at Pat, uh, especially the the January Sixers joke. Oh, my God. That to me was that's the best January sixth joke I've heard, maybe ever, but definitely recently. A- agreed. Uh, what a, just chef's kiss? Hats off. That was great. Um, also the the nose joke. Uh, well, he did he did two nose jokes. The first one, portobello mushroom nose, great great joke. Uh, just portobello nose is one of those phrases that's just funny to hear. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the but particularly the. Uh, Tinder nose joke I thought was so great like when he started it I knew where he was going with it but then he took it in such a different way Uh, he did the nose face part that we expected but then he took it to Domino's and Sopranos Sopranos and I was like oh this is fucking Brilliant.
0: Yeah, it was. And and it really, both of those jokes, he started off with a premise that made me roll my eyes a little bit. Yes. It was like really corny wordplay. John's a fun guy. His nose looks like fun guy. I mean, I remember when I was seven and people discovered the fun guy, fun guy thing. Yes. So I was like, oh my God. And then he. Did the Portobello nose thing, which was incredible, and then the next one he started with John hears a lot of nose. Yes, and I'm like okay. And then he did the dominoes and sopranos and like that's the thing. Like I don't know if he was intentionally writing like played out setups so that the the more revolutionary like punchlines would hit harder. If he if he did that on purpose, he is a genius. Genius, like absolutely, yeah. Um. But it might just be he was throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, and and some of it stuck really, really well.
1: Yeah, I if he did that on purpose, then I can't even comprehend that. Uh, <laughs> right.
0: That's four D chess for sure.
1: I choose to believe that it was a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was. But then when he when he said the the she shoved hot dogs up your butt i was like this is so random i know
0: i know uh but but that's something we we were discussing uh i was discussing with doug fager uh, a good friend of ours a hall of fame level battler he had one recently that we'll be watching soon enough where he really sees the moment with uh sort of like an off the cuff rebuttal and that's what won him the battle or at least put it over the top that was not the case here i think pat had it before the hot dogs up the butt riff Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's something to be said for not being so in your own head with memorizing the jokes and being in the moment and taking a shot like that. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it, it, it doesn't. Um, and to be fair, hot dogs up the Ass got a pretty good reaction. Um, wasn't my favorite of his bits, but, uh, you know, I really liked it, but I like both of these guys and I hope we see more of them. From Chicago, which has been doing a great job of producing sort of new stars. I feel like every time we see Chicago, um, there's new people involved and they're all performing at a high level. I would say that's the thing that's separating Chicago, for me, from the other divisions is the depth of talent. I think a lot of divisions have two or three guys that are at the top, um, but then there's more of a drop-off before we get to the next tier. Chicago just has a a long list of people that are really, really good.
1: Yes, I agree. And I mean, I just have to say, I think it's like, The Midwest just produces really good battlers, you
0: know. Sure, absolutely. Show them your shirt. Oh yeah, I am wearing a Minnesota shirt.
1: Minnesota, nice. Yeah, thought that
0: fit. One of our uh, one of our chief (laughs) exports from the uh, Uh, from the Midwest. I was going to say the Middle East. Jesus Christ, that would have been uh, a slip. Um, (laughs) No, one of the best things from the Midwest. They do seem to produce a lot of good battlers, and the scene in Chicago is just absolutely on fire right now. And they are our number two battle of the week. So coming into this thing. We asked who would come out ahead in the rankings after this. Now, L.A. had the number three battle. Everybody was tied at 24, remember? yes. L.A. had number Uh three, so they're up to 27. Chicago had the number two battle, so they're up to 28. If New York is the number one battle, then New York is the number one city. I was going to guess New York. Let's go back to London. Second appearance on the show. I was right! The number one battle this week uh, is going to be from London. We go back there to watch one of our favorites, a guy we've seen in L.A., killed it in L.A., and he uh, he consistently puts up great performances overseas. I'm talking about Lee Hudson. He is going up against a guy that we haven't seen before named Hubert Mayer. Let's check it out.
2: This is Hubert. He's from Austria, and he works in finance, or as he likes to call it, keeping an eye on the Jews. <laughs> This is Lee. Uh, Lee told me that uh, he had uh, surgery once for, uh, for an enlarged testicle
4: and uh, <laughs> didn't help. The enlargement spread to the rest of his body.
2: <laughs> but Hubert's, Hubert's hometown in Austria is Salzburg, uh, which is where Red Bull was founded. Uh, but the only time Hubert has given anyone wings was that prostitute he murdered. <laughs> Um, uh, Lee also told me he's a certified uh, football coach, is that right?
5: Yeah. He coach uh, women's, men's and children's football. I uh, can't coach children's football anymore because despite surgery, uh, his dick still works. <laughs> uh, uh, Hubert's
2: mum was actually a widow first before she met Hubert's dad. Um, And I think when she was uh, conceiving Hubert, there was actually some of her dead first husband's jizz still in her pussy (laughs) because Hubert looks like a corpse. Despite
4: the
2: fact that uh, Lee looks divorced, uh, he's never been married actually. (laughs) (laughs) Hubert was in a relationship for eight years and then she dumped him on an expensive holiday. Um, he'd rather forget it, but if you want to remember it, there's a simple tongue twister you can use. And it's, she discards retards in the Seychelles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when we, uh, when we edit these battles, uh, we, we, we have a, a guy who cuts them down ahead of time so that we watch only what we're supposed to comment on. And, and generally, they, uh, they take out the, the jokes that don't work. But I specifically instructed, like, if something is bad enough that we have to, like, mention it or gets a reaction that way, you have to leave it in. I love the fact that Lee basically pitched a a no-hitter the entire time. He was killing it. And then he had one joke that literally got booed by the crowd. Um, That was great to me. I I love that.
1: I was very surprised because I didn't think the joke was that bad. And I've only heard a roast battle crowd boo like once. that was Pat Barker at South by Southwest. Uh, So yeah, that was just, that's, that hit me. Like that was really weird. I thought,
0: did you think it deserved to be booed? No, I didn't think it deserved to be booed, but um, I love that Lee kind of rolled with the punches and the crowd, what I loved about that is when I got booed, it felt like an uphill battle from that point because they actively disliked me. This was a thing where they were like, hey, we like you. And you're gonna be fine. Next joke, you saw it. he went back and he he had, a great, he had yeah. a great joke and everything was fine. The crowd was like, for this one though, we don't care for this one and we're gonna boo it. And I actually respect that. I want to battle in London. I want to battle at the the Bill Murray pub because my God, like the crowds, um and maybe this is my as a Philly guy, like just because we boo a player doesn't mean we dislike that player. It means we dislike the thing that happened, but we love them and we want them to succeed. So stop fucking up and just do better next time. Like that's the entire sports mentality of the city that I'm from. So I get that. It's like, hey, Lee we love you. You're you're better than that joke. Pick <laughs> he- it up next time. And he did, and they they rewarded him for it.
1: It did make me wonder if that's like a, a cultural thing in England where it's like, yeah, we if we don't like something, we're just gonna tell you. But like that doesn't mean we don't like you. Like Yeah, I it, mean, could be. It was definitely very striking to me, uh, but exactly like you said it, it it was apparent it was clear that they weren't being like fuck you forever we hate you where like if if somebody got booed in LA that is like leave the stage immediately like we hate you
0: the thing I couldn't tell definitively was whether they were offended by the subject material yes. or they just thought it was a bad joke
1: yeah and, and I yes
0: um Either way, I like a good booing in the middle of a battle, especially one that's that high of a quality. Yeah. Like everything else is killing. It was the number 1 battle this week. I thought that it was the the best of the bunch. Um I, we've seen Lee a bunch. Lee is always really good. That was my so first good. exposure to Hubert and like Hubert was really funny too. The enlarged testicle which oh, spread great. to his whole body. Um you know, really kind of set the tone. Uh, and he I, brought it back. And he he brought it back. Yes, on the on the next joke. Um, I I was a big fan of his, and I, I hope we see more of him. And and speaking to the global nature of roast battle, Austrian. Yeah, we do was, not have an Austrian division, but we have one, at least one kick-ass Austrian battle.
1: So cool. And again, there's another person who presumably is telling roast battle jokes, not in their first language, which is. There is almost nothing that can impress me more than that. Like, I can't. Like, I speak Spanish, but I could never write a joke in Spanish. It wouldn't be funny.
0: No, no. I my English ones are barely funny half the time. Um, great stuff, uh, on this episode, specifically from London, the number on, on the rankings twice, they were number one, and I believe number four this week. So great, great stuff from them. They have wrapped up the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We are hopefully going to be seeing a lot more content coming from them now that they could focus entirely on Roast Battle UK. Um, and, uh, not only were they number one here, but they actually jump into the top three in the standings. New York, unranked this week. They fall out of the top three into the fourth spot with 20. They remain at 24 points. London, by virtue of two battles, they jump all the way up to 26, as we discussed before. LA has 27. And your prediction at the top of the show was correct. Chicago, at least for right now, on top of the roast battle world with 28 points. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, I had a lot of fun. We'll be back next week with more of the top five battles from the RBL. Until then, I'm the RBL Commissioner, Pat Barker.
1: I'm Sarah Keller.
0: And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.